Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Welcome to High Trust Today, the podcast. I'm on a quest to help people win in business and in life. To do that, I know they must trust themselves, their relationships, their business, and they most certainly must trust their future. When you do that, you set in motion a universe of possibilities, and that journey begins right now. Welcome to our living room. And um, we're going to first hear from Marty. And I'm just so excited to hear his story. You guys will find it inspirational, and I hope that you walk away with something that gives hope in whatever that comeback is. And so, Marty, let's just hear your story. Well, I was a little bit worried when I found out I only had 13 minutes because there's not a whole lot you can go into a lot of detail. And uh, then when I saw that they kind of clicked Callum off, I took the PowerPoint off and I put everything on this. So we may be up here a while, is that right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Callum's like that one. So my goal today is, um, you know, I'm not really trying to train anyone on anything because there's so much information in the club and there's so much information everybody else has already gone over that we don't have to do a lot of that. But hopefully my story today will give you a little bit of hope, if nothing else. I think it should give you some hope. And then maybe I can give you three things. I've got a who, what, and why that we'll talk about a little bit that I kind of work through that I think will help you out. So the way it all started, I started my own mortgage company in 1999. I was 24 years old and I had a, a mentor that I had met when I was 21 and he kind of persuaded me to start in the mortgage business, but he also was smart enough to tell me that I didn't know everything at 24 like a, you know, a lot of young, young people do and I probably would have thought so otherwise. So I was fortunate enough to have somebody hand me a CD and on the CD it was Jim McMahon being interviewed by Bill Hart. And he was talking about his production and his volume and all these things. And I was like, I got to go see this guy because he's obviously lying. There's no way you can do that much volume and still manage a branch. So um, fortunately, I saw that they were speaking at a NAM conference in 2004. And when it got there, Todd, I got there, Todd was there as well. And I sat right up front and I walked straight up. As soon as it was over, I walked straight up to him and I was like, OK, what do I need to do? You guys obviously know this way better than I do. Tell me what I need to do. And over in the corner, it wasn't like everything was just online back then, like the club is now. Over in the corner, there were all these boxes of stuff. And um, so there was sales mastery, life mastery, time mastery, the assistant system, uh, power partnerships, um, one more of that. Building, um, building clients for life. Clients for life, that's right. Matt, Matt had to remind me of that one earlier. So, and I got all of them, and, and I wasn't even smart enough to realize that they could just ship it, so I, I was trying to get it, figure out how to get all that <laughs> stuff on a plane, and, and uh, Matt Emery was kind enough to say, hey, we can, we can ship all that stuff to you. So, I've still got all that stuff lined up there, and the good news is it really started to work. Um, 2006, we were uh, one of Countrywide's big business partners. Uh, in fact, we were one of their biggest big business partners. They flew me out to... California, I got to play in the Nissan Open, which is a real cool golf tournament at Riviera. And uh, then the next year, I got to play in the Tiger Woods World Challenge with them, and I actually got to meet Tiger. I got to go to a dinner that night that there were only 64 people invited to, and um, our team won that event. So Tiger presented me with a, a limited edition Tiger Woods watch, and so it was really cool. Life was good, things were fun. Uh, Daniel Harkavy, the founder of uh, Building Champions, included my story on page 17 of his book, Becoming a Coaching Leader. So things were going really, really good. That was in 2007 when that was published and uh, family was good, everything. 
than the bad. So that's the good. The title of my talk today is kind of, I, I, I titled it The Good, The Bad, and Now Just the Beginning. So that was kind of the good. The bad was 2008 for me. And honestly, I had kind of blocked it out and forgotten really how bad 2008 was until I started going back and really preparing for this. Um, the, the way it all started, I remember I was, I was taking my son to a golf lesson and I called my good friend at Countrywide. We had a problem on a loan and I called him up and normally that conversation was, hey, no problem, I'll take care of it. And this time it was different. This time he said, expletive, I can't just stamp it's Marty's loan on there anymore. They don't care how much volume you do. So <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. So we weren't getting very much service from them. So we started looking for other lenders out there. And of course, if you're not getting service, you usually gravitate towards price. So there was this one particular lender that was out there in the market and they were kind of, they advertised Streamline. They had no account executives. It was just, you know, you sent it to them, they gave you the best price and you went from there. So we had a few problems on a loan, of course. And I remember the, the client's name, the date and everything on this one. And I've been calling for days, tr literally trying to get somebody on the phone. I had to go to, um, on a family vacation, so my family was down at the beach. I got up one morning. I'm still trying to get this guy on the phone. I, he finally answered. His name was Mark. And I said, Mark, it's Marty. We're, we're funding about 40 to 50 units with them every month at this point. And I said, hey, it's Marty. Um, I need three minutes really quick to talk about the Turley file. Dr. Turley's an ER doctor, great guy. Do you have three minutes really quick? He said, no, I don't. Call me back after six, click, and hung up. So I, I sat there at the table at this beach house we were renting. My family's at the beach. I don't know how long I sat there, probably just with a blank, dull stare, and I, was, I just I, I said, you know, it's kind of over. So I, I walked down to the beach. My wife could tell something was wrong. She actually came walking to me, and I just said, I'm, I'm done. I, there's no way I can do this anymore. Um, you know, it's over. So. I started thinking about what I could do um, because the mortgage business sucks, so I didn't want to do that anymore. <laughs> so I was like, well, what, what, what can I do? So anybody ever, ever heard of Zaxby's restaurants? Anybody heard of that out here in the West Coast? There's a few people back there. So those things are expensive to start, especially if you're looking at doing eight of them. So there was a group of three of us, and we had decided to go together and start with eight Zaxby's franchises. And literally the day before we were scheduled to meet, it was me and one of my clients from the mortgage industry, and then his son-in-law, 31 years old, dies of a heart attack hmm. the day before that we're supposed to go meet, and he was the managing partner. And Greg and I sure didn't want to run restaurants, really. We just wanted to hopefully make some money. So that didn't work out very well. And one of the things on the notes for this talk is they wanted us to be very transparent and very real with you. So. If you won't hold this against me, I'll, I'll be honest with you and tell you that I even tried multi-level marketing at the time. <laughs> it's true. I, uh, some travel thing, and, and the worst part is not only did I sign up, I actually like got a few people in it, and it's embarrassing. I did it. But, so, <laughs> so again, back to that first mentor, Terry. I had a chance to sit down with Terry, and he said, you know, just calm down a second. Let's talk about the mortgage business. Um, as, a, as an industry at whole. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Number one, do you think people are still gonna wanna buy houses? And I said, yes, I do. I, I think people will still wanna buy houses after all this mess. Even though we can't get a loan done, they'll wanna buy a house. 
And he said, do you think they'll be able to pay cash for it? And I went, no, no, they're not. it's not going that direction. You know, they'll, they'll definitely need a loan for it somewhere. I don't know who's going to give it to them, but they'll need it. And uh, he said, well, then really there, there's not a, a much better opportunity. There's obviously challenges here, but, you know, a lot of money's made by people who can solve problems. So I would, he encouraged me to change the way I was looking at it. And what I realized is it was my fault. And that's, that's really what it came to is um, all the stuff that had happened, um, going from buying office buildings and flying around and all that stuff. The industry definitely changed, but the, 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 the truth is it was my fault. And so I started looking at it a little bit different. And the first thing that I really started to analyze, I call it the, the, it's the who part of it. And it's because I read a book, Bob Bodine spoke here a few years ago. He wrote a book called The Power of Who. And I had become really frustrated because I was calling 60 realtors every Monday. I really was. And I was going to meetings every week where there were 400 people and I would go and sit at this table and go, you know, here's my business card. I'm Marty. Can I sit with you all this week? And next week I'd go sit with that group. And the next week I'd sit with another one and I'd give them, and I'd got, I got no leads from it. And um, when I read that book, it reminded me of all the stuff that I had learned in the High Trust Sales Academy years before, which is now called Boot Camp, about relationships and all this stuff and about why people really send and refer business. And I started to realize that people had to have a reason to send you business, and that book really helped. So that's a resource I would definitely point to. And then, like I said, I pointed to the, uh, the High Trust Sales Academy because I remember at that, Todd gave me a letter and it was his high impact introduction letter. And I'd come to another event where someone had taken that letter and they had put it in a gift box. So we created a gift box for males and a gift box for females. And in my career over the last three or four years, we've used that and I honestly cannot recall one person that we've ever sent that to that I was unable to book a meeting with, okay? And they said earlier that you should never call on a partner that isn't expecting you and furthermore, that isn't excited to meet with you. And I can tell you story after story if I had time about people who had gone around their office and said, hey, look what the guy at Benchmark gave us and all that stuff. So those are two resources, the power of who, and then um, the club has all the, the other information in there. And then the second part is real mortgage planning or partner planning. And he just talked about this just now, but where you sit down with the partner and you really say, and the way I ask the question is, what are the top one or two things that you're currently thinking about implementing or in the process of implementing <clears throat> that if they were in place, they would have the best impact on your business? And I write those things down and then we go to work to help them solve that. If you become a problem solver for your partners, then they will send you business. My top real estate partner is here with me today and I just told him earlier that my goal would be to help his business grow so much. When we started working together, he was doing about $8 million. And he told me he had a glass ceiling there. Now he's up over $40 million. And in Kentucky, that's quite a few units. There's, there's not a whole lot of $800,000 loans. I know we're in California, but in Kentucky, it's a little different. So there's a lot of units there. But I told him that my goal was to help him get his business so large that even if we weren't friends, that he would have to send me business because we helped them so much. And that's what I mean by real partnership planning sessions, because if you really spend the time and work with them, that, that, that would be the result. 
The second thing that I want to talk to you about is becoming a mortgage planner versus a salesperson. And I kind of had to do this out of necessity in some ways, but you really want to, to really tie into that. And I think the boot camp is certainly the best way to do that because all you have to do is just learn that and then it, there's a big book that I still have that I reference constantly as far as doing that. Because, and I've created a presentation that you all can have if you want it. It's, uh, just go to www.martypreston.com. This is my actual client presentation that I've compiled that we give to clients because it's an actual tangible document that they can take with them. And if you go to a financial planner, you leave and you have a financial plan. If you go and get a loan, you just go get a loan. So I want them to have something tangible from a psychological standpoint that they can actually have that when they leave there, they separate those two things, okay? We don't charge them for it, but it's a value. And then the third thing and probably the most important thing is that you have to have a lending partner. And this is the last thing that I'll, I'll wrap up with is you have to have a lending partner that sees things the way you do. If you're transactional, then you need someone who's transactional. I just saw a survey that said the number one thing that loan officers are looking for in a lending partner is rate. That's today. Number one thing is rate. Number two is cost. And what I've realized is we all get it at our level, we just don't get it at the next level. A realtor understands that if they're a 6% commission, that you shouldn't go to 4% because they have better service. And then they come to me and say, but I want you to, I want to know what your rates are because I need to save my clients money. And then we do the same thing to lenders because we say, well, it's not about rate to our clients, it's about our service. And then we say, now what are your rates and fees? And what I learned was is I had to have a real partner. And I've been very blessed because Benchmark Mortgage has been able to, to partner with me and help me in a lot of ways. And I know Todd talked about the boot campaign yesterday, and that's a phenomenal charity. Yesterday, we flew in last night, got here about 2 a.m. And the reason was is because yesterday on 9-11, we were giving our seventh mortgage-free home away to a, to a, uh, to a veteran. And um, they've been able to just partner with us. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> So, so now Countrywide's not flying me around, but Benchmark is, and it's been a great thing. So I'll leave you with this. Um, if you will plug in to all the resources that are here, whether it be the Mortgage Mastery Club or Building Champions, and um, I use Mortgage Planner CRM as well. If you will plug in, the truth is you simply cannot fail. You really can't. You will go through bumps in the road, and in my case, it was my fault. So uh, I'll leave you with that. Thanks, Marty. Thank you so much, Marty. Kill it, man. Kill it. Manny, tell us about your story. We'd love to hear it. Well, first I got to thank Todd for bringing out the couches. Dana Herb brought me to my first uh, sales mastery, and you were interviewing Jim, Jim McMahon on a couch, just like this before. We're back, baby. Thank you, Todd. There it goes. It's Linda's idea. I was love it. Good. Thank you, I Linda. I love it. I'd like to share my story with you today, but before I do, I'd like to ask you a question. What would you do if you lost everything today? Think about it for a minute. See, for most of you, it's just a thought, but for me, it was a reality. See, I believe you can strip a person of everything they have, but as long as they have their mind and a willing heart, they can make it back. I did, and I'm here to tell you today that you can too. When I was 19, I was just a kid. I started selling real estate. I had a lot of success and it came quickly. 
Six years later, I had an opportunity to go to work for a local savings and loan with a great reputation. I took that opportunity and I became a loan originator. And within, within 12 months, I was closing over 250 loans per year. I began to make a lot of mistakes and a lot of bad decisions. I let that success get to my head. I was young, I was cocky, and I was arrogant. And I didn't handle my success very well, I'll be honest with you. I was married two years later and had a lot to live for. This is tough to say, but I had a lot to live for. The reality was is that I was slowly but surely becoming addicted to cocaine. I began to control my life. I couldn't kick the habit. It was getting worse by the month. I was living life in the fast lane. And the truth was is that cocaine would soon destroy my career and destroy my life. I lost my wife. My career fell apart. Eventually, I would lose my homes and all my money. I would be jobless with no income and no credibility. I made poor choices, and I knew it. I completely self-destructed. I considered myself a failure at that time in my life. One day, an old realtor friend of mine knocked on my door. My home was in foreclosure. My utilities had all been shut off, had no gas, water, or electricity. I don't even know why I answered the door that day. Typically, I wouldn't answer the door for anyone. <clears throat> you see, I was ashamed and embarrassed because I'd hit rock bottom. At the time, I was financially, spiritually, and morally bankrupt. My friend helped clean me up, got me going to church, and would soon put me to work so I can get some confidence back. I had been clean for four months, no drugs at that time. It was hell trying to kick that habit, I gotta tell you something. I spent a lot of time curled up on my couch and it was a living hell. I wouldn't wish on anybody. My former realtor gave me a place to live after my home was foreclosed on. It was a small room off the side of a garage and I used to call it the Bat Cave. I joke about it now, but it wasn't much to look at back then. I didn't have a cell phone, I didn't have any money. I can't tell many days and nights that I spent on my knees praying, hoping that I would get some answers. At the age of uh, 33, it was 1992, and I found myself processing loans for $100 a file. It was a small mom and prop shop. So we only closed between four and six loans per month. So I could barely afford to pay my rent of $400 a month at that time. I had no confidence and must have showed. I tried to get a job with some of the larger companies. It seemed like no one was willing to take a chance and someone who had lost everything, including their confidence and their self-worth. To make things worse, my car was repossessed. Luckily for me, the owner of the mortgage company I went to work for was also my landlord. Mm -hmm. He let me borrow an old Mustang of his. It was really, it was really a beater, I gotta tell you guys. I used to have to put a crate behind the seat just to hold the seat up from falling down backwards. 
It wasn't funny at the time, but I can laugh about it today, you know? <laughs> but it was really a tough car to drive, I gotta tell you. Try getting a date with that car. It's not gonna happen. During my struggle to regain my confidence, I began to read books on success. I was desperate to regain what I had once lost. I have to tell you that I read the Bible several times because you know, I was just looking for direction. I love the story of Job who lost all that he had, only to regain all that he lost and more. I found that inspirational. I read an article in Success Magazine. The title of the article was Roaring Comebacks. In fact, I bought the, I bought the magazine because I loved the title. I read that article and it gave me hope that I can make it back. It was a story about four entrepreneurs who had lost everything they'd ever worked for, only to come back bigger, stronger, and faster and make it bigger than they ever thought they could make it. It was an amazing article. It gave me hope that I could make it back. And I found a lot of inspiration in that. I used to remind myself that one day I was a sales champion, and then one day I would be again. In 1994, I was back in retail lending when I ran into an co old coworker of mine by the name of Dana Hurt. He's here today. After speaking with Dana, I could see something was different about him. We struck up a conversation. We talked about me making a comeback. Within a few days, we were working together. The owner of the company I worked for at the time, by the name of Bill Gross, handed me a set of cassette tapes. Some guy by the name of Todd Duncan. I'll be honest with you, I'd never heard of Todd before. Bill said, listen to these tapes, do what he tells you to do, and you'll make some money. So that's what I did. I didn't have any cable TV, I had channel two to 13, so guess what I did all day long when I was home? I listened to cassette tapes. They gave me hope and they gave me inspiration that I could make it back. See, I wanted to be like a Jim McMahon, you know, some of these guys that have been in the industry a long time. I just, John Barnes, Greg Frost, legendary guys in the business, inspired me. At the time, I was driving a 1984 faded blue Honda Civic. I had bought from my sister on loan for $500. I used to park my car in front of my realtor's office. Actually, that's not true. I used to park my car in the parking lot of the realtor's office, but I made sure it was as far away as it possibly could be from the front door. You see, I was too embarrassed to park my car, that car in front of a realtor's office. My friend Dana Hurt helped me buy. He actually lent me the money to buy a used car. It was a used Ford Taurus. After we fixed it up, I started getting my confidence back along with the mentoring I was receiving from Dana and the owner of the company, Bill, and the cassettes that I was listening to. First thing Bill had me do, he realized my, my skill level had eroded. So he, he made me learn the guidelines. He wanted me to become fundamentally strong. He knew that was gonna be important when I called on realtors. Because realtors wanna do business with people that know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Second, I started calling on realtors. I went to board caravans. I called on realtors who advertised in home magazines. I was hungry. I took every lead that the more polished loan officers didn't want to call on. Every day I would go to my manager's office and find out who he wasn't going to call back. I was hungry, and they all knew it. I attended my first sales mastery in 1995. Dana brought me. I was only up for a day and a half. 
I didn't know the value of being here the entire time. I was just trying to find out how to even run this, get back in the industry. After I got back, Bill allowed me to use some of Todd's materials, and he used Todd's approach letters to target realtors. That same year, I met my wife, as if I needed any more inspiration or motivation, it came in the form of the woman I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. <laughs> my wife, Teresa, had two kids from a previous marriage, and I, I wanted to take care of them. I have to tell you, the truth was is that I hadn't been responsible for anybody other than myself in a long time, and it felt real good to be responsible for somebody else. My big break came in 1996. One of the guys I went to church with was advertising one of the home magazines. I began to target him. We built up a friendship and then a partnership. What I didn't know was at the time is he was working for one of the top realtors in the country. I started calling his office. Within six months, I closed 28 loans for him. Mm -hmm. The agent who owned the office had a buyer's team. It wasn't long before I started closing loans for them too. It wasn't long before I started closing loans for the owner of the company, who was one of the top realtors in this country, if not even the world. Two years later, they opened up a mortgage company, and they asked me if I would run the company for them. I accepted their offer, and for the next three years, I closed between 25 and $27 million a year in loan production. December of 2001, I went to Todd's Productivity School. Most of you don't know what that is, but it's a boot camp. It used to be called Productivity School. It was Todd Duncan University. Remember those days, Todd? Amen, brother. I was there. Yep. A lot of people that were in that class are successful people. They're here today. The next year, my business went from $27 million to $54 million, despite being in an auto accident that nearly took my life. Let me tell you about the auto accident. I was cut out of the car with the jaws of life. I was flown to UCLA Medical Center. Trauma Center was the best trauma center in the United States, I mean, in California, excuse me. Six hours later, I came out of surgery, and I never forget these words. My surgeon was a young guy, he was a Navy, he was a naval surgeon. His name was Dr. Wall, he had curly hair. He was leaning over my bed, and he said, Manuel, I'm Dr. Wall. I just did your surgery. He says, you have a colostomy bag. The good news, it's reversible. Later, I learned that I had broken ribs, punctured lung, lacerated intestines. My, I lost a third of my liver. Pancreas and my heart were bleeding. And I was a medically induced coma for two days. That was a, that was a miracle that I survived that auto, auto accident. I still call 2002 my greatest year ever. I want to say something here, Todd, too. I learned a lot of lessons along the way. Two things I want to point out to you. Continuous effort equals long-term results. It takes true grit to make a comeback, and it takes an unbreakable spirit. The other lesson is this. If you're struggling today in your business, your personal life, your finances, I'm here to tell you the game's not over. You got another move. It's up to you to find out what that move is. I put together two slides, 10 bullet points, if the guys can get that up. There it is, okay. Real simple, guys. Anybody can do this. Master the fundamentals. Realtors wanna do business with lenders that have the answers they're looking for. 
I found top producers to mentor me. I listened to what they told me, and I went out and I did it. I bought into a system, and I embraced it. For me, it was everything Todd offered. That's all I knew. So that's what I went out and I did. I attended productivity school. It's now called boot camp. I've been to it three times. Nobody can climb Mount Everest alone. I built a team. We can get to the next slide. I invest in myself every year. The best people in this business invest in themselves. <clears throat> Seven, I went on site visits. I wanted to visit the best people in the industry because I wanted to learn how they ran their business. I mastered a high trust interview. Todd will teach you that at boot camp. You want more realtors? You gotta nail down your interviews. I mastered my presentation skills in the boardroom and I've been coached by building champions for over 10 years. The best people in this business have coaches. Thank you for allowing me to share my story. Wow. It's been an honor. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. Lynn, I know you have a great story too, and we're just so looking forward to hearing it. Thank you guys for your time in advance. First thing I want you to do is draw a big circle on your notepad. Big, big enough that you flip back through, you're gonna see this circle. In that circle, I want you to draw your number one barrier that's holding you back from your success. Now, Todd helped me with this yesterday because you made a list of three to five. <clears throat> that barrier could be personal, could be professional, it could be both. We go to the slideshow. Slides, Dave. Mm -hmm. I, want to, I want to tell you guys a story. And this is my personal story. <clears throat> Three years ago was my first exposure to true success. And I was sitting right back there. I mean, way back there. Oh, yeah, you know who you are. <laughs> and Darren Hardy came on the stage. And I felt like Darren Hardy was talking directly to me. And Darren said, good or bad, you can measure your life's decisions by looking at a couple of things. One, your waistline, and two, your bank account. Now, folks, neither one of these look very good. Now, I can't show you my bank account, but I can show you some interesting, well, maybe I can't. How do we go to the you next? Fast, Dave? I can't go. You're going to go. <laughs> Tell me when you want to change it. Is this working? Let's go. Yeah. Boys in the back. We need a battery in our clicker. Reset. There is one slide on the thumb drive that they're using right now. Oh, that's strange. Well, where, where is it? Is it in your pocket? We got to do this. You don't have it? No, it's upstairs. Anyway, you um, <laughs> have been spared seeing what that was because no, it was we a, wanna see it. No, it was awesome. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get me wrong. It was 2011. I had a shirtless picture where my wife took a picture of me and uh, it was impressive, I gotta tell you. There we go. Oh, yeah. There it is. Check out those jowls. Put it up on the screen, guys. Oh, there we go. Yeah, Put them on all the screens. Everybody's gotta see it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. At that moment, 
I knew I needed to make some changes. I needed some life-altering changes. I needed to change what I was doing so that I could change who I was. <laughs> now, how did I get from back there to up here? I entered this business in 1998. Subprime home equities is the way I was trained. And it was tough. It was brutal, but it was good. And I knew this business was for me. I knew I would excel, and I did. Years later, short years, the fancier cars, the bigger house, everything was flowing. Problem was, the cars were financed upside down, the credit cards were maxed out. I was making good money for a young man, but I was spending it faster than I could make it. And then something changed. For those of you that are old enough to remember the old Tammy Wynette song, D-I-V-O-R-C-E. Now, we like old country music down in Texas. Now, how many of you guys have been through a divorce? How many of those were a pleasant experience? I, yeah, well, mine wasn't either. And it was difficult on all parties, especially my six-year-old son. And the details aren't necessary here, but if you've ever been through a year-long custody battle and lost, it's overwhelmingly exhausting. And unfortunately, I gave up. And I gave up on my career, we can go to the next slide. <laughs> I gave up on my finances. I gave up on my health. And worst of all, I gave up on my faith. I gave up on my life. Oh, wait, and there's more. I'll never forget the sound of them waking up the morning that I heard the locks changing on my own personal house. And so this fancy pants, this mortgage guru, as I like to see myself, was going through a personal foreclosure. Mm. Now, folks, I live in a town of 1,500 people, the size of this room. And for any of you that live in a small room, you know everybody knows. And I thought to myself, why would these people allow me to help them create the largest debt of their life? Why would these people allow me to help them manage their finances when I couldn't even manage or even keep my own. <clears throat> I had momentum, but it wasn't in the right direction. <laughs> it was completely in the wrong direction. Now, the first sign of prosperity that I had was in 2008. And my, I met my wife of now six years. Her name's Cookie Reed. She's right here with me, and she's the love of my life. And she started helping me. And immediately things changed. Now I had three stepkids. Two of them were little blonde-headed girls. And I'm telling you, the bachelor pad was wiped out forever. <laughs> and things started to move forward. And Cookie reminded me that we have a merciful God. We've got a forgiving God. And no matter what you've done, you can ask for forgiveness. And you can have a second chance. And once you forgive yourself... It's funny, people start to forgive you, and they start to forget. And if they don't, forgive them, forget, move on. Now, this didn't mean that we weren't struggling financially still. From 2008 until 2012, it was rough. And Cookie told me, hey, I'll live with you in a ditch as long as we're together. And what we had wasn't a ditch, but it was a house that my grandfather built in 1956. So it dang sure wasn't our dream home either. 2012 rolls around. Now, remember, I was up here in October 2011. Darren Hardy spoke, so I had a couple of months to go back and gather myself. 
So I had a big New Year's resolution. 2012, I was going to work on my waistline, just like everybody else in this room, I'm sure. Well, how many of you guys know who, uh, what P90X is? Tony Horton is the devil. He personally put me in a walking boot for seven, eight weeks, and then I spent several more months of, of slow recovery from a partial tear in my Achilles. Doctor said I was too fat and old to be doing that kind of stuff. You know, so. <laughs> Point being, take baby steps. Exercise is important. I can't stress that enough, but take baby steps. Don't get hurt. Because, guys, when you work out and you feel strong, you are strong. And if you plan on grabbing that bull by the horns, I'd encourage you to have a little strength when you grab hold. Now, to reach my goals earlier this year, I realized I had a barrier. I was drinking too much alcohol. I was celebrating too much. And I stopped. Altogether. And I would encourage you, if you have a barrier, if you know what that is, stop it. Change it. Don't moderate it. Stop it. And in January of 2012, I sat down, I was trying to market, it was ineffective, but I sat down with a top producing real estate agent. The gentleman's name was Ken Taylor. Ken was different. His actions, his techniques, everything was different. And he shared with me that he was coached by Brian Buffini's group out in San Diego. I wanted to be coached by Brian Buffini's group in San Diego. So I went back to my boss, Brian Collins, at Sendera Funding, and Brian said, I'm going to make you a deal. I'll pay for your first half year's coaching with Building Champions if you pay for the other half. Well, I didn't have my half, but Building Champions was nice enough to finance that out for me over the course. And I was introduced to a gentleman named Dan Foster, better known as Coach Dan, and Dan has literally changed my life, both personally and professionally. In 2000 alone, my production increased more than doubled to 116%. And people started noticing changes in me, and they were noticing changes in my work. And the way that we did this, Dan, it was simple. Now, who in here does not have a CRM? Okay, that's good. I didn't. So my first action plan, if you're coached, was get a CRM. He researched, I researched, Mortgage Planner CRM is the one that we decided worked best for us. We built that CRM. I have everybody from my mother and father to ex-girlfriends in this thing. I mean, you name it, they're in there. And we market it daily. And then Dan showed me, how do you work this database? It's very simple. Five by five by five. Five phone calls, five emails, five handwritten letters. And boy, doesn't that look easy. Well, it's not. You get busy, whoo and you forget. And then you talk to Dan two weeks later, and then he reminds you. And this took months and months, but I finally got it. But I also knew that I needed a broad fund of knowledge to work off of. Another simple thing, I started to read. And like Manny, my first choice was the Bible. And I read it twice. And then came... And then came The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Seven Levels of Communication by Michael Mayer. Killing the Cell and Time Traps. I don't know who that author is. Total Money Makeover <laughs> by Dave Ramsey. Decision Points by George Bush. And guys, Decision Points was 
the catalyst for me to stop drinking this year. Books are important. I can't stress it enough. And I also started to seek out top producers. Joe knew in my company. Y'all know Cody Hardridge. And I reached out to these guys. They opened up their playbook and they shared with me, this is what I'm doing. And I took it and I implemented it. Well, I found out from Cody the other night I didn't implement too well. He, he talked to me about that. We're going to do a little better <laughs> when I get back. So, but The point is, reach out to the guys that are more successful than you. And it's not hard to figure out who those guys are. Look at their numbers. The numbers don't lie. They'll help you. And when you're successful, turn around and help back. Michael Mayer talks about the seven levels of, communi uh, seven levels of communication, the generosity generation. I believe it's the only true success. Now let's go back to that circle. Ask me in 2011, what's your barrier? What are you writing in that circle? I don't know that I could tell you. But I have the luxury of hindsight, retrospect. And I can tell you today, I'll share with you, Lynn Reed's six steps to changing what you do and change who you are. This is a little more than business, guys. This was an uh, overhaul for me. But you've got to get your personal life in order. Find your spiritual base from which your values are drawn. Get physically healthy. And read. And read. And read. Seek out others that, more, that are more successful than you. And heed their advice. Be coachable. <clears throat> Design a strategic plan, be that off of a business vision, a life plan, and consistently, consistently, consistently be persistent with that plan. So I'm going to leave you with this. <clears throat> what you wrote in that circle may be your barrier. You may know right now. You may not. You may need to go home and think about it. But I'd encourage you to figure it out. Because in my journey, the first step was to recognize the word change. Change my way of thinking. Change the little things that I did every day to create new habits. And when I walk out of here today, you're probably not going to remember Lynn Reed. But you can't remember one word, and that's change. Change what you do, and you will change who you are. I'm living proof. Thank you. Stand up. Awesome. I'm proud of you. All right, let's. Uh, wow. Yeah, right? That was right? awesome. So I, um, I think there's a, there's a fairly important kind of lesson here. And all of you came close to losing it and lost it. Um, and in kind of a, um, a short period of time relatively compared to life, you've come back and you've come back stronger than ever. So if anybody right now is in the audience and they are struggling, um, one thing I think hopefully you pull away from this is, do you feel connected to these guys like you did not when they started? And, and that is the power. And thank you so much for asking. Tell us your story. Mm -hmm. 
Everyone tell has a story. story. Yeah. Yes. So I would like each of you real quickly to, if you, you each had a theme, but if you had one thing that you can look back on that said, this is what got you through. One thing. What would it be? Faith. 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 Faith and I, I think mentorship. I think that the big thing and the theme throughout is everybody had somebody that they could kind of grab onto. And, and that's what, at the end, that was the big thing for me is I found some partners and some mentors with Jim that, that <coughs> I knew as long as I hung on, I could, you know, I would be okay. He was way up there, so he basically pulled me back up. Yeah. So you can't be on an island. That's the oh, thing. Oh, you can't. No, you, you can't. have to. And I think that the, the faster, you know, that you become vulnerable and the faster that you become transparent, the faster you can find help. And I mean, all of you in one way or another said that you had to get honest with you. Oh yeah. You know, you had to get honest with you before you could even begin to know where to go and get help. I'll just say this, you know, I lived in this little small place off the side of a garage and, but those three and a half or four years, I wouldn't get back for anything. It defined who I became today. And there's certain people that you meet in your life, you're one of them, that'll change your life. You know, I've got my buddy here, Dana Hurt, my first boss is out here, George Cervantes, I was 19 years old, and you know, these are people that can change your life. I mean, so it's just very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I think also, on the other hand, who, who do you meet that, you, that has a story that you can be a help to? Because everyone needs hope. And I think one of the things that the Duncan group always does is, you know, I was thinking about this on the way out, is if we do nothing else, we bring hope that change is possible. And how cool is that, that we get to do that and we, we get to come here and hear that hope, yeah. that that change of whatever it is, because every one of us have a different change that needs to happen. But this brings us hope and assurance that we need to get accountability partner. We need to make sure that we connect with the people that is going to bring us the hope and, and help us make that change. Yeah, and we need to get we need to get good. I mean, I love you know cassette tapes. Uh, I love you know you coming to productivity school. You, I love connecting club. You know that's a safety net for everybody here, and um, none of us is insulated from this. I'm not insulated from it. You're not insulated from it, um, and that's why you have to stay tight. You have to stay tight on. I love your list of six. You got to stay tight on your three. You got to stay tight on your ten. And those are those are behaviors. Those are repeatable behaviors that can save your life. And the other thing I want to remind you of, and, and why I'm so proud of you guys, is this was just a snapshot. Yeah, yeah, that's all it was. All this was. Uh, your story is not defined permanently by where you're at right now. Good or bad. Good or bad, and in a relatively short period of time on a man or woman's lifespan, you guys are back bigger, badder, and better than ever. That's and we want to congratulate you. Good job. Awesome. Awesome. Here we go. Okay. Thanks, Lane. Thank you. Appreciate that. Hey, just, just hang on just a second. Okay. Just, just to show you how serious Lynn was about this, true or false, you did hire a speaking coach, right? 
I had some problems when Linda, <laughs> Linda Davison called me and said, we want you to speak. Well, I thought she was kidding first. And uh, after I got through my crying tantrum, after I got off the phone, I called my wife and within a few days, she was like, you, you need some help. <laughs> so, I, uh, I want to thank you publicly for um, being that transparent because that was a hard story to tell. And uh, you uh, deserve massive praise for getting clear and authentic with people. And I think you gave them permission to get honest with themselves too. Well, I gotta say this. Uh, yeah, let's give it up for Manny. <laughs> Let me just say something real quick. And I'll get yeah, off. No, it's fine. I've been coming to your events since 1995, man. I can't tell you how much of an influence you've been on me. When I started coming here, I had nothing. And. Just the, the whole change, man. So I thank you. I want to Looks thank like you have everything now. I do. Good job. Marty, um, I want to applaud you for trying network marketing. I'm, just, I'm, I'm proud of you for drawing circles and trying to get people involved in that business. And, uh, but I'm happy that the eight franchise thing didn't work out. I'm happy you're back in the business. And um, just to show you how powerful this is, I'm probably gonna get in trouble saying this, but his comeback is so strong that it's seven figures a year. That's how big this comeback has been. So congratulations. Thanks, man. Yeah, you got it. Take care. <clears throat> uh, Miss Linda, you are a rock star. Thank, Thank you for putting this group together. Thank you. It was fun. <clears throat>